I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Before we start this episode, just a little language warning. This story has quite a few swears in it. It's 12 years ago now that I was in Thailand on the starting leg of a round-the-world trip. I was travelling with my girlfriend, and we were only a couple of weeks away from the fight that would be the beginning of our end. But on the day we took to the hills above Chiang Mai for a three-day hike, we were happy. Our trek started at the base of a small mountain. We would have the chance to ride elephants up part of the way, and they all stood in a small herd about 10 metres from a riverbank. I was intrigued by elephants. Such gentle creatures, wise and noble, soulful and contemplative. They seemed to embody the calmness of a Buddhist monk with the mournful eyes of a basset hound. I had never seen one up close, except in a zoo, but zoos never afforded the visitor an opportunity to touch, and that's what I wanted, to make contact. I probably thought that we could connect on some deeper level if I was just able to feel their coarse leather beneath my hand. And so I approached the herd. I made eye contact with one of the bigger ones as I neared, felt as if I could communicate to it that I posed no threat. It stepped slightly out of my way as I invaded their group, and then I stood surrounded, fascinated by their size. As I was preparing to reach out my hand, one of the Thai guides started yelling. I caught a glimpse of him through the herd, and I could see he was running towards me, gesturing with his hands as if he was swatting flies two feet in front of his face. He was yelling, away, away, and I thought he must be protective over the animals, as if I was a kid kicking a footy too near to his prize-winning petunias. So I stepped free of the herd, and they all shifted and regrouped uneasily. The guide was not happy with me, and he explained in limited English that elephants are nervous creatures and have been known to crush people who get too close. Well, that had never occurred to me. I'd watched videos of elephants painting, heard of the tenderness with which they cared for each other, seen them be all playful in zoos. These things fueled a romantic perception I had of them. I wanted elephants to be smart and playful and gentle, but I never considered that these were incomplete images of their true nature. This inability to see beyond a stereotype and examine what more there is to know is something I think humans do a lot, especially about each other. Stop trying to act puzzled, you little fucking racist dickhead! I know you can hear me! You little piece of shit! Politics are those of misogyny, transphobia, um, and identity politics, which we reject. Because politics are shit. I don't care if it's gay or whatever. In December last year, I went to a speaking event featuring professional shit stirrer, conservative pinup boy, and alleged fascist Milo Yiannopoulos. I love him. I, I've watched all of his videos. After a couple of well-publicised scandals during the year, 
Milo had set off on his Troll Academy tour in what could cynically be viewed as an attempt to resurrect his diminishing status. And from the size of the crowds that flocked to see him across the country, it looked to have worked. So we're basically outside uh, the venue where a bunch of people are getting in and we're giving our loud opposition um, to the sorts of politics that Milo represents. On the night I went, Milo was speaking at two back-to-back events at a convention centre just to the north of the city. A group of left-wing activists had organised a rally out the front, and so the police had shut the road down. I'm bad with estimating crowd numbers, but I'd say there were at least 400 protesters there. A good mix of men and women, most of them young, most of them white. Miley Yiannopoulos appeals to me in general. Big fan of his. I've been a big fan of his for, uh, you know, a few years now. And, uh, you know, he is completely polarising. He is divisive. If you live in an echo chamber out on the right wing, then chances are you think that Milo is the next great conservative intellectual. If your home is a left-wing echo chamber, then you probably think that Milo spews nothing but racist, misogynist, transphobic bile. I wanted to see where in the middle the truth lay. There's this idea these days that doing anything, caring about anything that's got to do with accessibility, inclusivity, marginalised people makes you too PC. And I started my evening with the protesters and osteopathy student Julian was one of the first I spoke with. Julian is a transgender activist and told me he didn't appreciate Milo using his status as an openly gay guy to be a bigot. And he's actively using that platform to try and undermine other marginalised people's voices, you know. How about the people that are coming to see him tonight and that might sort of support his views? Oh, look, honestly, it makes me kind of sad. Like, I've got a young cousin who I love dearly, but he's getting more and more into alt-right stuff. And I just... I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. I don't... Seeing this, like... Blatant fascism, blatant right-wing views, being treated as normal, um, being normalised, being treated as, you know, sorry, some sort of kerfuffle is just happening, so I'm looking at it, um, treated as something we should just stand by and let happen, um, concerns me, it really concerns me. Again, we see what's happening in the US with Trump, here with the rise of right-wing stuff. I've had literal Nazis with swastikas tattooed on their heads trying to punch me, asking whether I'm a boy or a girl, you know. Jeez, when did, where did that happen? Oh, it happens, so at multiple, remember when Reclaim Australia uh, had a few big, I don't know, gatherings in Federation Square, places yeah, like that, yeah. and realistically, so Reclaim Australia was another movement, or the United Patriots ran there, more movements to try and get right-wing racist, racist, fascist ideas into the mainstream, trying to paint them as being more neutral than they are, yeah? Realistically, they are a cover for genuine Nazism, and I've seen it in front of my face. I've got videos on my phone of them. Um, they're here, they're in Melbourne, there are neo-Nazi groups in Melbourne, and people like Milo are allowing them to grow, to get more power, normalising extreme right-wing views to all these people. It was indicative of the toxicity of our political divide that someone like Julian was assaulted. He was slight, friendly, 
and if he had ever heard a fly, I'm sure it was by accident. Though I did feel confident that if things became violent at this event, Julian would be kept safe by the police. There was enough of them. I reckon about 100, each decked out in riot gear and gripping batons. Most of them stood on the rally side of a big barrier that had been erected to keep the protesters well clear of the event goers. Would you think that you could sit down with somebody right wing, has those deplorable sort of views? Do you reckon you could sit down and have a conversation with them? I've had conversations with these people online. They're not the sort of people you can rationalise with. This is Tess, a spokeswoman for the protest. The sort of people I want to appeal to is all of the rest of the people in Australia and say to them, we actually need to stand up to these guys so we don't have a situation like in America where literally a woman is killed by these kind of neo-Nazis. Situation in Europe where mosques are being burnt down by these kind of guys. We want to stop them growing and get more and more people on our side who are willing to stand up to it. Like most of the protesters I spoke to, Tess was a uni student and a self-avowed activist for equality, inclusion and standing against the born-to-rule mentality of the rich elite. What do you think about the, you being a, like a snowflake and a, and a libtard and all these kind of things? Oh, that's an interesting argument. I think that if you get any footage of this demo, you'll know that we're not all snowflakes and libtards. But it, like they try and claim that it takes guts to make arguments about Syrian refugees being rapists, that it make, takes guts to say that lesbians aren't real. It takes no guts to say these kind of things. It's just flowing with the mainstream, with the President of the United States. It takes guts to stand up to these kind of people. At one stage, I noticed that a group of right-wingers had arrived as a counter-protest. Some carried Trump banners or Australian flags on long wooden sticks. The cops tried to keep the groups apart, but then something must have happened and they clashed. There was a wall of people in front of me, so I couldn't really see much other than the backs of jostling bodies, quickly dispersed by the police's capsicum spray. I popped myself up on a ledge for a better vantage point, but everything had happened so quickly that I missed it. But I did see two men being handcuffed and led away. One had blood on his face and the others was all red and his eyes puffy, presumably from the capsicum spray. From their appearance, I guessed that one was a left winger and the other a right winger. But looks can be deceiving. Later, I ran into a group called Jews Against Fascism. I thought given Milo's supposed links to Nazis, they would be good to chat with and I was introduced to their spokesperson, Max. Do you think that Milo speaks things that are along the line of Nazism? And do you think the people coming to see him are also sort of Nazis or Nazi sympathisers? Um, I'd say that there certainly would be Nazi sympathisers amongst his, um, the people who are attending. Like, we already know that there's, there were fascists that tried to break up the demonstration a little bit beforehand, and um, that's definitely the sort of people that he attracts. You know, he's got this strategy where he's the alt light, right? So he's meant to be like this gateway drug for accessing the harder stuff. So, but they're like, you know, he's, they're, they're part of the same people, they're part of the same strategy, and they're spreading the same hatred. For sure. Now, what about, I mean, I haven't spoken to these guys yet, or plan to yeah. a bit later. Okay, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I've read the rhetoric online, and, and a lot of what they would say is like that, that this side yeah. are the fascists. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say to that? Well, it's a misunderstanding of what fascism is. So they think that fascism's got something to do with free speech, uh, you know, and uh, 
having a social pressure pushing you into certain ideas are right and certain ideas are wrong. Uh, that's not what that's not what fascism is. Fascism is um, uh, what is well in this case it's a white supremacist movement, um, and we've seen that classically fascism in the 20th century has led to genocide, uh, led to exclusion, led to um, all sorts of horrible violence. Um, so that's that's what we're against um, when we say we're anti-fascist is that we're against uh, hateful ideology that aims to seize power and aims to discriminate against people on the basis of race. For sure. Yeah. Down the far end of the protest, a PA system had been set up on the back of a ute. A musician named Ezekiel used a mic to call out to the event attendees. We haven't confirmed that someone gave the Hitler salute in your crowd, not our crowd. We wouldn't do that. We've got more brains and more integrity than that. Or he just beatboxed. <laughs> You'll never be as funky as me, no matter how hard you try. Closer to the venue, Ezekiel and other protesters pushed up hard against the barrier and taunted those going into the show. The event goers didn't seem too phased by any of it, most ignoring, some smiling and laughing, others taking pictures or throwing taunts back. I approached Ezekiel and he was happy to speak with me. We walked as we talked, following the sea of people as the protest moved around the block and across the road. I thought about the anger and the resentment I had seen, not just today, but at other protests, and I wondered what he thought the point of protesting was. What we know historically is if people are allowed to go into these events and have their um, racism normalised and um, feel like they're a part of a group, well then they're going to become emboldened. What we're going to see is we're going to see uh, further attacks on immigrants, we're going to see further attacks on women's rights, gay rights, and the end game for them is always violence. And it's really important that as anti-fascists we continually show people that uh, there is an opposition to these ideas because these people are just, um, are just really fools, you know, they're, they, uh, they're Milo's fools. They don't understand that his politics will lead to them having lower wages, less rights. Um, you know, he supports Trump. Now, Trump is not the people's person. So, yeah, we're talking billionaire politics here. So we just stand in opposition to that. And it's really important for us to display solidarity together. And it's also really important uh, for us to oppose uh, physically on the streets and to take the street. They had to queue up. Is it anyone sort of right or prerogative to take the streets and to sort of take... Well, the chant today from us has been always was, always will be Aboriginal land. And I think it's important to know that we are on Aboriginal land. So realistically, we are standing on stolen land. However, um, in the current environment, I think it's really important that people do um, take the streets. Now, the, what we have to do is make sure that when the right marches, they're smaller. Numbers, in the end, I'm sorry to be so sort of dry mm. about it, but politics is about the numbers. Mm -hmm. And uh, tonight we have the numbers on the street and therefore we have the right to express ourselves on the street. And uh, I'm glad we have more, more, more of us than there are of them on the street tonight because if the tide turned and there was more of them, we would see a very different world. And what do you think about, like, tonight I did see someone get arrested and there seemed to be a bit of fisticuffs early on. Certainly previous rallies that I've well, been to have gotten a little bit more 
violent. Do you think there's ever a place for that kind of stuff? Well, no, well, the, the police brought the violence tonight, and... Um, I, I, I actually didn't see it. Can you tell me what actually went on? Well, well what I know is that a, a staunch anti-fascist anti campaigner, who's a very peaceful man, ended up in the back of a van, and uh, I feel that it's really important that... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We understand the police are the ones that come armed. So if there's ever any violence... Um, It'll, it'll, it'll be at the police's call. So that's how I feel. I've been at rally since I was 14 years old and I've never seen activists instigate violence. I'm not sure how much I agree with that. Maybe Ezekiel had a strict definition of what an activist was, but I had seen firsthand how left-wing protesters had been responsible for violence. Most of the time when these groups have got together in the last few years, there's been violence, and it's been the fault of people on both sides. So the police certainly were imposing and intimidating, but I don't think they had much of a choice. For all the faults of the ideology held by Milo and his supporters, they weren't doing anything wrong by meeting for a speaking event. It was the protesters who crushed this party. And in such a situation, I think the cops have a duty to ensure that the gate crashes don't become violent and make the event unsafe. I left Ezekiel to rejoin the protest, which had now regrouped at the front of the Commission housing estate, and I wandered off to get some dinner. When I came back, I started speaking to some of the people supporting Milo. And I'll tell you all about that after this short break. The protest was still in full swing at the front of the Commission housing and some of the residents had come out to observe and participate. I wondered if any of the protesters had encouraged their involvement and whether they had bent the truth about the event and those attending. With the protest now moved, the area out the front of the venue was populated with event goers just leaving the early show. There was a fair bit of rubbish over the ground and with the light fading it had the feel of the evening hours directly following a street party. Some of the event-goers were taunting the protesters. I saw a few of them unfurl a big Donald Trump banner. No amount of cheating and lying by everyone ever could stop this man from making America great again. And we will do the same in Australia. I had about an hour before the next show, so I started to seek out some of the event-goers to chat with. There was Darcy, an aged care worker and former lefty. He told me that after he did a little bit of digging and some self-education, he moved further right on the political spectrum and now considers himself a conservative. People out there have, might say that you are a Nazi sympathiser, you know, because you're going along to Milo. And even I'm looking at your haircut and you've got one of those haircuts, the slick back, they used to be called. People get in trouble for these haircuts now. What do you think about all this? 
I think the notion that anyone who wants to listen to someone's ideas is immediately in league with the negative connotations that that person is being associated with is just ludicrous, to be honest. And the way that my hair looks dictates how I am as a person. That's just stupid. I thought Darcy was absolutely correct here. I asked him what he thought about the protesters, the people who might say that he was a fool or a racist or a fascist. Um, I've, I, honestly, I've got to give respect to anyone who wants to stand up for something that they believe in, even if I disagree with most of what they're saying. It takes a lot as a person to go out under public scrutiny to stand up for what you think is right. So, like I said, even though I disagree, I've got to give props to them for doing it. Across the road at the protest, you could hear things getting rowdier. To the applause of the event goers, a new contingent of riot police marched past us and over to the crowd. I noticed a couple of young guys standing against the wall chatting and laughing. One looked Indian and his mate wore a Make America Great Again hat. The guy in the hat was Michael and he was happy to talk with me. I asked him why he wanted to see Milo. Uh, he does not give a shit. He will say anything that he believes and not only that, but he, he's highly entertaining as well. He's, he's very charming. Do you think sometimes we've got to like, I mean, we all temper our language. Like I was hanging out with my nana yesterday, you know, and I, I like to swear, but I'm not going to swear around my nan. Yeah. You know, like, is, I mean, is it always, you know, admirable or, or virtuous just to always say what's on your mind? Not necessarily, but I think he, he balances it quite well. He's extremely well-spoken and articulate. He uses a lot of big fancy words, and then he'll just cut to absolute, you know, un, unrestrained abuse kind of thing and he, he walks that line very very nicely in a very entertaining way yeah, sure. uh, yeah. yeah so what do you think about these guys the you know let's call them the lefties what do you what do you make of them uh, they mean well and that's the thing i wouldn't hate them but they I'm not sure how to phrase it but they, they have good intentions but i feel like they've been misled you know they look at us and they think they call us names, they call us, you know, Nazis, white supremacists, but I don't think a single person here would, would believe that, mm. um, that they're actually anything like that. Mm. What, how do you respond to sort of being called, you know, white supremacist or Nazi or, or even yeah. alt-right? I mean, what's your, yeah. what's your understanding of what that means? <sighs> to be honest, I very, very rarely identify as anything in a public space. Uh, just, you know, in my job, at uni... Even around my family, I often just keep my opinions to myself. Um, so I don't tend to cop a lot of abuse. I mean, I'm right here with my Make America Great Again hat, but I, I've worn this like four times. Um, yeah. Just because Ever around family or friends? Yeah, I like to piss my older brother off because he, he hates Donald Trump. Um, oh yeah, mainly just for that reason. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of sad that I, feel, I don't feel comfortable wearing it in a public space because I... I feel like, you know, someone will take my picture and then it gets around and all of a sudden my life comes crashing down. Mm. Um, some people view this thing and they see it like a swastika, you know. They, they associate it with all those terrible things. They wouldn't get to know the person behind the hat. Um, yeah. Even though we wouldn't agree on politics, I didn't notice anything about Michael that would suggest he was anything other than a decent guy. Like Darcy, he was open, friendly and willing to understand the points of view of those opposed to him. The protesters might say that his politics are inherently bad. And look, maybe they are. I, I really don't know. All I do know is that I'll take a good person with shit politics over a shit person with good politics every day of the week.
As if to highlight this point, a big commotion started over at the protest. Police began rushing down the road, and in the dim light I could just make out people spilling out from the grounds of the commission housing. There was a lot of shouting, and then suddenly, two young men who had been on their way to the show staggered over to us. One of their faces was covered in blood, and it was obvious he had been hit repeatedly. His friend fared better, and he had a look on his face as if he were about to cry. So we are coming across, um, we, we didn't realise which side people were on, we are trying to get to an equal side of the debate. And then I was just like, oh, so like, um, what are you here for? Are you, are you come to the Milo? I didn't even say I was going to Milo, I said, oh, you're going to Milo, mate, just like a normal conversation. And then he just says, oh, shit, you're on Milo, you're a fucking Nazi. He starts screaming at us, I'm like, whoa, 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 chill. And then all these um, group of kids just start coming up, we're like trying to run away. My mate here is bleeding, like, kept on getting repeatedly punched. Like, I got punched in the face, like, here. So how many people do you reckon were on it? Oh, so many. It is ridiculous. It's from all the commission flats. They just come over just because they, they just want to punch someone. They just say, oh, you're white, Nazi, whatever, and they just come out and punch you. It's just, it's just disgusting. That something needs to happen here. And I'm sorry I even mentioned his name because I didn't realise I was going to stalk so much shit. I didn't catch the guy's name, but before he drifted off back to his mate and to the medic, he told me that there were some from the protest that were putting themselves between him and his attackers. But he didn't know if they were trying to stop him from being assaulted or just to help hold him down. Now, I didn't meet or see any protester who I thought was capable of such a thing. But whatever the case, there was no denying that these two had emerged from the protest group as victims. Just before I went into the venue, I met up with Chris. He had been to Milo's earlier show and had really enjoyed it. Like Michael, Chris admired Milo's ability to say what he believed uninhibited. I asked Chris where he put himself on the political spectrum. I, I'm conservative, but I'm also libertarian, so I do want to conserve uh, or preserve the, the values of Western culture, the values of you know, Australia and other Western countries, uh, but I do lean to the left socially, and that's the libertarian side of me as well, that you know, I really don't care who you sleep with, what you do, as long as it's within the bounds of the law. But also, I think conservative, it's much like saying left or right. I mean, it's political shorthand. You know, I mean, if I was to say to you, OK, where do you lie on the pull? Oh, you know, what do you label yourself as? Left or right or conservative or whatever? You're just going to throw out one word to me. You're not going to give me the whole rundown of... You're not going to say, oh, you know, on this... This issue, I, I stand here on the political compass. On that issue, it's so much easier to say conservative, isn't it? What's your general view of uh, of the left? Like, um, or, or really, what do you think about those guys that are here tonight? Like, I think the guys that are here tonight are ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. I think if you're holding up signs that say no Nazis, no fascists, no racists, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, there's probably, there's probably one or two percent of people here who've gone to see Milo tonight who would fit uh, in the in the box of being a racist or, or a fascist. Um, now, if we were really the fascists and racists and Nazis and, you know, everything that those signs say we are, the right police should be taking us down. But the right police are running at those guys. Mm. Um, I was watching before, like, people were walking in to see Milo and, you know, this, this lot was sort of shouting at them. And then the people going in to see Milo were shouting back, saying, you know, oh, go and get a job, Centrelink's over that way. So there's this assumption that, you of know, course. they're unemployed. And that they're all dirty, unwashed hippies, and yeah. that we're all these sort of rich capitalists. And at the end of the day, you know, we're probably a lot similar 
than um, you know we think mm. or we perceive, I should say. I said goodbye to Chris and made my way into the venue. I was ushered into a seat on the side with terrible views of the stage. I craned my neck to see Milo on the upper balcony meeting people who had forked out hundreds of dollars for VIP meet and greet tickets. He was chatting and posing for photos. Around the venue, I noticed the crowd was mostly white and male, but by no means all white and male. Apart from their clothes and the way they did their hair, there seemed to be little difference between the protesters and the event goers, at least on the surface. I think Chris was right, in that there's more we have in common with our opponents than we like to think. We've formed a belief about others that we want to be true. We paint them as communists or Nazis, destroyers of the peace, and fools who put our perfect world at jeopardy. Like me with the elephants, we often approach other people with an incomplete understanding of who they really are. If you think that all people in your arbitrary group will be peaceful, compassionate and rational, then you're going to have a bad time. Similarly, if you think that everyone in that other group over there are hateful, violent and stupid, then you're going to miss out on some truly extraordinary people. Because people are just people. Some will give you the shirt off their back, while others will steal it from your clothesline. It's part of our collective nature that some can be gentle and soulful, while others will get nervous and want to crush those who get too close. And working out who is who has got nothing to do with politics. When Milo finally appeared, it was to the theme from the Terminator and a blast of indoor pyrotechnics. He sat astride a big motorcycle on the stage and the first thing he said was an obvious quip about having something big and black between his legs. He was at times difficult to hear, which may have been the fault of the PA, but he would also often lean back from the microphone as he spoke. For a man so flamboyant, I got the sense that he wasn't all that self-confident. He made jokes using local references, which kind of felt strained. He acknowledged and complimented prominent conservatives and right-wing politicians. He made prophetic pronouncements that our country was going down a sinkhole of political correctness and eventual oppression unless everyone heeded his words and followed his lead. But I didn't hear any real arguments. He picked on the usual targets, feminists, unsympathetic journalists, Muslims, lefties, indigenous people. It was rather unfunny and a little mean-spirited. I reckon he was a bit of an arsehole, but not a fascist, not a Nazi. His opinions were the same old conservative criticism of anything that deviated from white Western culture. To some, this is neo-fascism and a dangerous portent of the future. But to me, it was just one big boring cliché. I had expected Milo to be somewhere between an idiot spewing racist, misogynist and transphobic bile and the next great conservative intellectual. Instead, his true nature was nothing more than an unoriginal, third-rate comedian. <laughs> Thanks to all my interviewees for this episode. Julian, Darcy, Jerome, Michael, Ezekiel, Chris, Tess, 
Max, and the assault victim whose name I never learned. Also thanks to Neon Taster for the words to live by, and Layla Brook for quality control. The Human Ordinary Podcast is produced in Melbourne by me, Sam Lloyd. All original music is by Kent Sutherland. Don't forget to review and rate the show and visit the Facebook page, Human Ordinary Podcast, for more info and details on how you can win a movement watch. Anyway, thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm.